The Word of God is food for the spirit and health to the body. Through the spirit of revelation, we are guided into the wisdom and deep mysteries in His Word that make our lives vibrant and productive. Welcome to the Makayefu Gospel Church Podcast. As you listen in, the glory of God will be quickened and activated in your life. And now, the Word. I want to welcome you all in the house of God this morning. And as usual, I am honored to see you here. It's an honor for me. Uh, I know that, as I say, first of all, you are a special part of this congregation. You guys who come here by 7 o'clock, you are in your own class. I tell you the truth, I am um, here because I have to be here. I'm the pastor. I'll probably come for the third service, but the 7 o'clock service, it's a unique breed. God bless you for that. God bless you. God bless you. We have been looking at a very important subject in my mind, and this is the subject of being in covenant with God. I am convinced that there is nothing more profound, nothing more consequential, nothing more impactive than being in covenant with God. It determines everything about who you are, what you do, what you, you become, and what you achieve in this life. In this life, God is the one that makes a difference in our lives. And when you're in covenant with Him, you are a, a, a unique and unusual person. There's something about you that, that makes you have an age over other people. And this morning I have a question. Are you a servant or a friend? Are you a servant or a friend of God? What are you? Are you a servant of God? Are you a friend of God? I want us to turn, first of all, to the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 15. John 15, verse 15. It says there that, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. In this verse, Jesus describes the dimensions of being in relationship with him. There are different shades. There are different ways you can relate with God. You can be a servant. You can be a friend depends upon you. So what are you? Who are you? Are you a servant? Are you a friend of God? Because both are possible. There are Christians who are only servants. They follow instructions. They never get to know anything beyond instructions. They just do things probably out of habit. But there are those who get to know more than instructions. They get to know why, how, when. They get to know details about what God is up to. God reveals, God confides in them. God confides in them. God, God makes them his confidence. God shares with them things that are on his heart. 
And in a summary, being a friend is an upgrade from being a servant. The ultimate level of being in relationship with God is not being a servant. It is being a friend. That is the epitome. That is the, that is the A+. Plus. That is, that's the highest level anyone can ever relate with God, being a friend of God. When God says you are my friend, that says a lot. There are very few people in the Bible he calls his friends. As far as I can recall, there are only two, Abraham and Moses. Others are servants, they are prophets, they are apostles, they are evangelists. But the people that God steps out and says, that man is my friend, I only know two. One of them is Abraham. And we see this in Isaiah 41 verse 8. Let's just read there briefly. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 41 verse 8. The Bible says, But you, Israel, are my servant. See the difference? Jacob, whom I've chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. Hallelujah. So what are you? Are you a servant? Are you a friend of God? Are you a friend of God? This morning, I want us to look at one benefit of being a friend of God. There are so many. There are so many. We could take several weeks going over them, but I want to share just one. And I hope that benefit will start up your heart to desire to become a friend of God. You will move from being a servant, you desire to become a friend. Let's look at Genesis chapter 18. We'll read from verse 22. Genesis 18, verse 22, it says, Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of the whole earth, forgive me, I, I, every time I read these words, I get tickled. Who is Abraham talk to God like that? Banag, what does, who is Abraham to, to question the judgment of God? How dare Abraham talk to God like that? Five it from you. Come on now, what do you talk about you? You say, are you going, are you losing Doing something outside your 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 personality, far it from you. But God is listening. Let's continue. Verse 26. So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, 
I, who am but dust and ashes, have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there are five less than fifty righteous. Would you destroy all the city for lack of five? So he said, If I find there are forty-five, I will not destroy it. Then he spoke to him yet again and said, Suppose there should be forty there. So he said, I will not do it for the sake of forty. And he said, Let the Lord be angry. I will speak. I like that. I will speak. Suppose thirty should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Indeed now, I've taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of twenty. Then he said, Let not the Lord be angry. I'll speak but one once more. Suppose ten should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. One of the things about a man or a woman being a covenant friend of God is you have bargaining power. You have good bargaining power. You can broker a deal with him. Not many people can talk to God like that. You have to be a friend. You can't do that now, Wadimba. No, you that's not like you. This is this is being audacious. This is a high level of audacity challenging the wisdom of God. That is a privilege that God gives to only his friends. It's only friends. You have bargaining power. You have the power to influence a decision. You have power to control the course of action. You have the power to strike an agreement with God. Not every man can do that. Only people who God calls his friends. Hallelujah. You know when you're friends, you tend to be real with each other. You may not agree on certain things, but you talk. You can tell your friend, you're open. You can tell your friend your heart. You can be candid. You can be transparent. You can be honest. You can be open with a friend because it's your friend. You can tell your friend what you're doing is wrong. Whether he agrees or not, but because he's your friend, you've got the freedom to challenge him, to warn him, to give him your peace of mind. That is the privilege of people that God calls friends. You can come in his presence and sit with God and influence a decision. Hallelujah. Ay, ay, ay. You have leverage. You have leverage. God did not come from heaven to come and visit Abraham and go down to Sodom to find out 
what he did not know. God already knew what was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. He already knew it. But he came from heaven, came to the house of his friend, and went down and looked over Sodom and Gomorrah and stood with his friend. Why? Because God wanted his friend to serve as an intercessor. Bible says God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. God does not take pleasure when men perish, die in sin. He's not happy with that. So he came from heaven, came unannounced in the home of Abraham. They walked and looked at Sodom and God kept quiet. And the Bible says in verse 23, Abraham came near. And he began to intercede for the city. Friends of God have got leverage. They have the unique position of being intercessors that can spare a city. They can spare a family. They can spare a nation. Leverage. They have that power. They have that position. God, before he destroys a people, he looks for someone standing the gap. Hey, hey that is uh, Ezekiel 33, verse 11. Ezekiel 33, verse 11. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? And then look at verse, Ezekiel 22, verse 30. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a war Hallelujah. and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Look what happens. Therefore, I poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have recompensed their deeds on their own head, says the Lord God. There was a time when God looked for someone like Abraham. He looked for someone like Abraham, a friend to stand between judgment and the people. He says, I looked I look for a friend. I couldn't find one. And because there was no one, I poured out my wrath, judgment upon the people. I destroyed them. Destroyed them. People that are called God's friends are very important. They can save your family. They can save a city. They can save a nation. They can change a people. They have got power with God. They can change the course of things. They influence his decisions. God listens to them because they are friends. You know, when you have a friend, you listen to him. Don't you? Don't you? Friends talk. The other day I was trying to get electricity in our place, I spent over 10 years. 
asking Umeme and Rural Electrification Agency. I got signatures from the villagers. I got over 300 signatures. I went, I pleaded, I begged for over 10 years. I was asking these guys to give us electricity. They, they ignored me. Then one of you here, God blessed him with the position. When he heard that there was a project that was being done in that part of the country, the village Buama, he spoke on my behalf. Hey, he spoke and said, let's also include this part of the country in this project. Now as I speak, I've got electricity in my home. Now, that is a friend. That is a friend. That's the kind of people that God wants. Friends like this are the ones who can open the top of the mercy of God to flow, the grace of God to flow, and cover a people who are who deserve judgment. God needs people like this to unlock the floodgates of mercy. You know, mercy is not something that you just obtain. You know, when you are when you are guilty and you are in court, you have to plead and ask for mercy from the judge. And if you have got a good lawyer, they may shorten your sentence or make it less. You spend less time in prison. But when you are found guilty, what you need is not justice, you need mercy. Because justice has shown that you are guilty, you should be put in jail for 50 years. But now you need someone like Abraham to stand before the judge and plead for mercy. Forgive him. He's a first offender. Cut back the years you're putting him in prison. Don't hang him. Put him into life. You need someone like Abraham to plead for you. You don't need justice. You need mercy. Men and women who are God's friends are so necessary in society. How we need them. When children are going wayward and they are rebellious and they are they have refused to receive Christ and their lives are in danger. You need someone like Abraham to say, God, that heart of stone, break it, break it. God can break a heart of stone and change a rebellious child to become a believer. He can. He can spare that child from dying in sin. Why? Because there's a friend who is pleading on their behalf. Oh, hallelujah. Exodus chapter 32. Exodus 32. Verse 10. Here is another example of a man who was a friend of God. And we see him doing the very same thing that Abraham did. For the people. By the way, if you're wondering if God answered uh, Abraham's prayer, yes, he did. 
The Bible says in Genesis chapter 19, and God remembered Abraham and he saved Lot. It's in the Bible. God remembered Abraham and he spared Lot. Lot could have perished in Sodom and Gomorrah. So God answered Abraham's prayer. But let's now look at the example of Moses. Exodus 32, verse 10. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them. I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, He brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath. Relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you saw by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. Though this land that I have spoken of, I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit forever. So the Lord, listen, so the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. Not many people can do this with God. The Jews had made a calf, an image. They had bowed down and worshipped it. The Bible says they ate and drank and rose up to play. That means there was a lot of sin going on. If you remember in that chapter, Moses had gone up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. And because he delayed to come back, the people decided to have to, to make their own God. And the God they made was a calf. So God was extremely upset. Said, Moses, I'm going to kill all these people. All of them. And when God says that, he means it. I'm going to destroy all of them. But I will make a nation out of you. Now, follow carefully. Moses stands to benefit from that kind of thing. It is Moses now who will become the, 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 the originator, the father of the, of the nation. He Instead of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, now it will be Moses. God says, I'm going to wipe out this whole bunch of rebels and begin something new with you. So, if Moses was like some of us, let's do it. Kill them. Kill this Kill this Rafi. Kill them. But friends of God, have a passion for people and for God. They love people and they love God. They're a unique people. He said, God, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't kill people. Don't destroy them. He said, don't, don't. Then he told God, by the way, you must remember your interests. You have a name. You have a record. If you kill these people, the Egyptians will say, ah, 
he took them out of Egypt to kill them himself in the mountains. <laughs> this God that they serve is the murderer. He could not take them into the promised land, so he killed them in the mountains. God, you have a, re you have a reputation. Moses is not only protecting the people of Israel, he's protecting the interests of God. Saying, God, I, I love you, and I want to make sure you maintain your record. You maintain your name. Don't allow people to question your integrity. They will think that you have you could not give them the land, so you murdered them before they reached the, the promised land. Don't do that. Those are friends of God. They have a passion for God and they love people. They care for people. They intercede for people. They hurt when people are hurting. They, they say these kind of people are unique. Not, not all Christians come to this level of relationship with God. He says, God, you have interest to protect. You have a name to protect. And also, verse 13, you made a promise to Abraham. You saw to him several times that his descendants will enter the promised land and you promised him that they would, you would give them the land. God, don't go back on your word. He's protecting the name and integrity of God. When God heard that, he says, I'm not going to I'm not destroy them. They have got bargaining power. Bargaining power. They have, the, they, they have a unique position to bargain with God and change his decisions. Not every Christian can do that. Only friends of God can do that. Hallelujah. Amos chapter 7, Amos chapter 7, verse 1. Thus the Lord God showed me, Behold, locust swarms at the beginning of the late crop. Indeed, it was the late crop of the king's mowings. And so it was, when they finished eating the grass of the land, that I said, O Lord God, forgive, I pray, all that Jacob may stand, for he is small. Let me just stop here. Amos is another kind of man we see here who has leverage with God. God was angry with Judah. And Amos saw in the vision God bringing judgment over Judah was going to bring locusts to eat up every crop, all the crop in the land, devastate the land and Judah would starve to death. I almost said, oh no, God, it's too much. It's too much. Saints, spare them. They are few. They are now left very few. Spare them. And amazingly, the Bible says, verse 3, So the Lord relented concerning this. He says, it shall not be, said the Lord. I have to be to be these people who God calls his friends, we need them. Families need them. God, okay, 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 okay. 
I'm not going to do it. And then it says in verse 4, Thus the Lord showed me, Behold, the Lord called for conflict by fire, and it consumed great deep and devoured the territory. Then I said, O oh Lord God, cease. Take it out. I pray. Stop. Jacob may stand for his small. The only few remaining stop. Verse 6. So the Lord again relented concerning this. This also will not be, said the Lord. Let you not So what are you? Are you a servant? Or are you a friend? What is your goal in this life? Do you just want to be a member of a church? Just go to heaven? Or you want to upgrade? This is the highest level of relationship with God, being a friend of God. Now, let me give you some three things you can do to upgrade. Because you say, Pastor, how can I upgrade? I'm going to give you some ways you can upgrade from being a servant to becoming a covenant friend. First of all, in Genesis 17 verse 1, God told Abraham, walk before me and be blameless, be perfect. Friends of God, walk before God and endeavor to be blameless. Notice when God comes to Abraham, he comes unannounced. He just shows up in his house. Why? Because God knows when he comes to that man's home, he'll be comfortable. He will not find him with another wife. He will not find him uh, drunk. He will not find him doing... He comes anytime because this man's home, God is comfortable visiting anytime. Are you listening to me? In chapter 18, Genesis, God did not tell Abraham, I'm coming to visit you. No, he just showed up. Just showed up. Because he knows in this man's home, he's comfortable. He knows he will find him walking blameless before him. He fears the Lord. He walks with God. He's a man that endeavors to keep the word of God in his life. God told him, Abraham, walk before me. Be perfect. That's what he did. Therefore, God was at ease. God was comfortable sitting, eating, drinking with his friend because of his lifestyle. How about you? If God came to your house, would he be comfortable? When he sees what you watch on TV, when he sees what you read, what you watch on your phone, when he sees what you do, will God be comfortable in your home? Can God come unannounced? Oh, my, what? There, is, there is God saying, okay, next month, on this date, I'm coming to visit you. And then you rearrange your house, you, you remove all the tapes and the videos and the, everything that's not good. You, you throw all the books that are not good. <laughs> you, 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 you prepare for his visit. But there is another instance where he just shows up but he knows, even if I come in the midnight, I know this man walks before me and is blameless. 
So friends walk before God and they never to be perfect. They walk in the fear of God. That's the first way you can upgrade from just being a servant to becoming a friend. Then also notice that when God comes to visit Abraham, Abraham was seated in his house. It was about noon, the heat of the day. About 12 noon, it was very hot. But the moment he saw the Lord, and you ask me, how did he know this is the Lord and these are two angels? It's because Abraham had met with God several times. When he would see him, he could recognize him. So when the Lord came, he said, My Lord, you have come in my house. Sit, let me get some water for you to wash your feet. Let me set a meal before you. He said, My Lord. He did not say, My Lord. He says, My Lord, because one of them was the Lord. The other two were just angels. And Abraham could recognize him because they met. They were acquainted. Hallelujah. He did not bring a stick and begin to chase away thieves. No. He knew this is the Lord. I know him. I've seen him before. We talk. He's my friend. We talk. We spend time together. Oh, praise the Lord. Abraham prioritized time with God. Abraham was a man who spent time with God. He would talk to him. He knew his voice. Friends spend time together. There are people that I grew up with in primary school. Some of them live in Canada, others are where. But the friendship is no longer the same because we rarely talk. Once in a while, they may come to Kampala, want at a and they leave, they go back to where they're staying. But our friendship is not strong because we rarely have contact. You can imagine having a wife or a husband who you only see once every year. Will that be called marriage? Huh? No, that's not friendship. Friendship means you meet, you talk regularly. That is Abraham. He would meet. That's why when the Lord came, he knew, he knew him. This is the Lord. And he bowed. And that whole day, he spent it with the Lord. If you want to upgrade from being just a servant, prioritize your time with God. Prioritize your time with God. Spend time. Make him something or someone that is important in your life. Then lastly, if you want to upgrade from being a servant to becoming a friend, be burdened by what burdens the Lord. Have a heart after God's own heart. See, when the Lord came to visit Abraham, when he was eating and drinking, Abraham noticed something. God was concerned. The Lord was bothered. 
When he got up to leave, Abram said, they walk together. And he could sense there was a burden on the heart of the Lord. And as he walked, he said, Shall I keep this from Abraham, knowing that he would be a great nation? He would teach his children to keep my ways. As the Lord spoke to the angels, Abraham heard him. He says, Let me go down to Sodom and come and see what, whether what I have heard is true. As they walk, Abraham also begins to carry the same burden. When the Lord stops, this is interesting, the Lord stops, he does not go down to Sodom. He stays with Abraham. It's the angels who went down to Sodom to rescue Lot. That says a lot. Lot was not at the same level of friendship with God as Abraham. God did not go down to rescue Lot. He sent angels. He stayed with his friend Abraham. And as they stood there, Abraham says, There's something. Lord, if, 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 if that, that city, there are 50 people who are righteous, and you can destroy them. And he begins to be concerned about the souls and destruction, the judgment that was going to come upon Sodom and Gomorrah. He began to feel the heaviness as a friend began to lift the burden that was on the heart of God. He began to intercede for the souls. Friends have the capacity to have the same burden that God has. They have got empathy. They feel God. They feel Him. They they have a heart after God. When others are happy, when people are destroyed, when people die, when things go wrong, friends of God are like God. They are burdened. When people die in sin, when there is injustice, friends of God feel what God feels. They take time to pray for intervention. If you're only concerned about you and your wife and your kids, no one else, then you probably are just a servant. Friends go beyond. They weep and sorrow. They grieve over souls and men. They are concerned. They have the same burden that God has. They have empathy. And this man stood for some time with the Lord there. I don't know how long they took, but they talked. And after a while, the Lord left. Abram went back to his house. But that's what I see, that if you are going to become a friend of God, may God give you a heart after his own heart. When you, when you care for people, when you see suffering, when you see misery, when you see injustice, you, you weep, you cry, you, you sorrow. The Bible says God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. He doesn't. God sees the injustice. Look, he says, I have heard the cry of Sodom has come up to me. They were sodomizing children. 
They were sacrificing children. There was sin in Sodom, and God was grieved. Abraham stood with God and began to carry the same burden. He began to pray for the deliverance of those people. Those are men and women who upgrade from being just chitwale, chitwale, you know, chitwale chama. They upgrade from being, they become friends of God. Hallelujah. Oh, this morning, what are you? Are you just a member of Full Gospel Church? Are you just a servant? Do you only come here on Sunday? You only come to worship and maybe hear a good message? Or have you made a decision? I want to upgrade. I want to upgrade. I want to upgrade. I want to become a friend of God. Father, we pray this morning. Start up our hearts. What you did with Moses and Abraham. Know the other servants that, that became friends, the people that you you took pride in, even David and all these men and women may it come to pass in our lives. Let's not be contented just being Christians, ordinary Christians. Let's aspire to become covenant friends of God. Men and women who have got leverage and audacity to begin with you and to see your purposes come to pass. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been strengthened with His might and fortified by the Word of God. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Full Gospel Map. Goodbye.